we start to look at the, our opponents in the fall post-spring. We'll start going over that. And plus, Derek Vandegrift talks about our opponents and Ole Miss baseball resurrected. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, this is, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. I hope everybody is happy joining us, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, do us a favor and subscribe to YouTube, our YouTube channel. So you hit subscribe there. You hit a bell for notifications whenever we upload new videos, which happens actually quite frequently to begin with. And, of course, you upvote the video itself. Now, here's a bonus thing. Once we hit 1,000 subscriptions to our YouTube channel, which is happening quite frequently, um, we are, I'm fairly certain we're going to get there. We're going to do what we're calling Post Game Live. Post Game Live, we have a commitment from an Ole Miss legend. We have a commitment from the high school coach. It's going to be 30 minutes post game after football games to where we just kind of talk real quick about what happened and what you need to know about it. So that'll be post-game live. It will happen whenever you hit 1,000 subscriptions on the YouTube channel. So subscribe if you haven't already. If you have, tell a friend and get them to subscribe for me. And um, that would make us very happy. So thank you for that. So today, we're going to start our post-spring look at our schedule, how we look, what are the predictions going to be, what is it what does it look like in the football season? What is our May slash June opinion of what's going on? And also later on in the show, Derek Vandegrift is going to be talking about the sweep against Missouri this weekend in Ole Miss baseball as they are resurrecting themselves from the dead. So let's get it started right here talking about the football schedule. Um, there you go. We have Troy, Central Arkansas, and Georgia Tech. We're going to go over those today. Troy. Um, coached by John Sumrall, the, um, they play in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt is turning into a really good league, but they're kind of, right now, Troy is getting left behind a little bit, behind the Coastal Carolinas and the um, Louisianas, and those type schools are making it really hard for the traditional powers like Troy and coming in right now this year, Southern Mississippi, to have a real good look at it. Is This is a game that could be nervy at the beginning. It could be something to where everybody's worried about the quarterback performance and the quarterbacks are going to feel that. They're going to know that. And because of that, it's, it might be a little bit of a nervy start. Now, I do not expect Troy has enough talent to win that game. They might. Because upsets happen in sports whenever you play slow enough to where your opponents can comfortably play that speed. That's why upsets happen and why they people that play down to their competition is actually a real thing. It's all about how fast you play. And all of team sports is about playing faster than your opponents feel comfortable doing. It's going to cause mistakes. It's the reason Alabama is so good. So I don't think Troy can play fast enough to make us severely uncomfortable. Now, if Jackson Dart wins the job and comes out and throws them, throws them the ball two or three times, it could be interesting. But as I said yesterday, I expect this team to be 65% run with Ulysses Bentley the fourth and Zach Evans toting the rock and even the quarterback getting involved as well. Um, doing that and what they're going to do with Michael Trigg at tight end, I do not see a pathway 
really that Troy can win that game. I figure Ole Miss will be a favorite in that game by 14 to 21 points, honestly. Um, but I expect the Rebs to win that. That is a wear white game. That's obviously a before Labor Day, so wear white. The next one's a wear red game, Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Um, those that remember Hugh Freeze's debut remember Central Arkansas. They're the team that has the purple and gray field. And having the purple and gray field um, is a little bit off-putting to me. I think um, Brad Teeks, the AD there, an Ole Miss guy, um, is the AD at Central Arkansas. But Central Arkansas can tend to be a decent 1AA team. I think Austin P last year was a little bit better one. I think Ole Miss is going to win this fairly handily. Um, um, their massive talent gap is going to step forward, and I think the quarterbacks are going to take a step from week one to week two. So I'm expecting the Rebs to be a full-fledged 2-0 coming out of this game. Um, and when you look at the first two games of Troy and Central Arkansas, this whole thing is about um, your team getting as comfortable as possible. Because remember, as fast as you can, as comfortable as you can. If you can play faster than your opponent comfortably, the odds are you're going to win more games than you lose. That's that's the way team sports work. That's the way all of this is going to work. And um, Troy and Central Arkansas provides a perfect start to the season. And when we come back um, after this, um, we're going to talk about the third game against Georgia Tech in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And then we have Derek Vandegrift coming in the third segment. So stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Do not forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It doesn't matter what you say. Just give us a five-star rating on iTunes. You can say whatever you want to say. And also, this is a reminder that Post Game Live is a possibility for you. What you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have already done so, tell somebody else to do it and bring them over to the channel. Send the link. And we're trying to make this as fun as possible. The, be- the beauty about what we're doing is we are not beholden to anybody. Um, we do not need access. We do not want your money. None of the things that other sites fall victim to and other things we do. So just enjoy and realize there's not really a reason for us to lie to you in, um, in order to suck your money out of you and all that stuff. We're going to do what we have to do. We're going to talk about Oma Sports and we're going to make it fun again and we're going to do it for you. All right. So I'm going to bring this back up in just a second. This is the third game that we are going to start with. Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. It's a wear powder blue game. Um, I imagine they're going to break out some sort of combination over there. I mean, Georgia Tech used to wear white at home. I don't know if they do that anymore. It might be something where they wear white, powder white. Or they could wear the white helmets, white jerseys, and um, white pants. I think you could see something like that and just with the powder blue accents. Either way, I'm expecting it to look really cool. Now, Georgia Tech has struggled over the last couple of years. Now, if you've listened to my show for any period of time, you know how much credit and credence I give systems. And transitioning from the Paul Johnson system and nearly doing that for a decade, whoever the next coach was was going to fail. It's just the way it works because you do not have the players to run what you want to run because they ran such a specialized system, sometimes very successfully, but such a specialized system 
that they just won't fit what you want to do. And Georgia Tech actually, like Jameer Gibbs going to Alabama, there were some good players on that team, but it just wasn't a really good team because of that personnel gap. Now they're working, they're going to get a little bit better, and it's going to get a little bit quicker now that the transfer portal has turned into a thing. Um, Jared Ivey comes from Georgia Tech um, to Ole Miss. So that's somebody to watch as he goes back to Bobby Dodd Stadium as looking also for a potential breakout player. Now, this is the first, quote, scary game on the schedule. If you break the games down into group of threes, which I'm obviously doing, um, tomorrow we'll talk about the next three games. But if you break these three games, Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech, is obviously a little bit scary, especially for somebody that you can't trust at the quarterback position yet. Again, it's, I think this team is going to be heavy run. I think the quarterbacks, whenever they break break out and the light comes on, is going to have a really huge game against one of these three because they're going to have to defend the run so much that the quarterbacks are going to have one-on-ones down the field, and if they can complete their deep balls, it could be a blowout. That could be at Georgia Tech. That could be versus Central Arkansas. Heck, it might come out against Troy. But that is going to be the development thing that we look at the quarterback position that you need to pay attention to. But at Georgia Tech has a chance to be, I don't know, a scary game. It's still a game that Ole Miss is probably going to be a 14-point favorite on the road at Bobby Dodd in Atlanta. Um, But it is one to where if the quarterback decision is not handled right and they have a bad game, Georgia Tech could be in it late. Now, like I said, they lost players like Jameer Gibbs and Jared Ivey, and there's been a ton of players transfer out of Georgia Tech. We're going to get Bryce, um, I think um, Bryce Kuhn on the show to talk all about Georgia Tech in the coming weeks. Um, but that's something you need to pay attention to. Is them in the transfer portal, what do they look like? I don't think we know what they're going to look like, but maybe week three we'll have an idea. Um of exactly what they will look like. And it's just one of those games to where it could just absolutely be weird. Ole Miss has done fairly, I'll say poor. I think maybe as poor is the right word against ACC teams. They did win last year against Louisville, but they dropped both games against Wake Forest. Um, anytime an ACC team, team comes up, they seem to get the better of them for whatever reason. They um, haven't played Clemson recently. Um, Florida State beat them um, a little back. They have not played Miami recently. Um, but they're set up for another game with Wake Forest. They've got Virginia Tech on the schedule. They've got um, Georgia Tech coming up. So we're about to hit an ACC, ACC period that's going to last um, a few years. So expect an Ole Miss, the Power 5 game, to be an ACC game. I think there's a Purdue game in the future. They play, obviously, at USC. And that doesn't mean South Carolina. That means Southern California in the future. So that's the future of our our um, Power 5 game showing up on the schedule. So I'm looking forward to that. But in the first three games, if everything goes chalk and the way they're supposed to go, Ole Miss is going to go to 3-0. and And I, I do think Ole Miss would be 3-0 and um, through those first three games. Our partners, BetOnline, continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoff, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NLF futures. I don't know what NFL, NLF means. Oh, NFL futures. They, that's a, probably a typo. 
um, NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. For instance, Ole Miss is a 33-1 um, odds to win the SEC championship, about fifth, according to the um, BetOnline. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Derek Vandegrift next. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. You can talk exactly about how much I don't know about what I'm talking about, but just give us a five-star review. That'll help people find us in the future. We are here with Derek Vandy Griff to go over. Ole Miss baseball had a good weekend. We've been waiting on Ole Miss to have a good weekend. They had a good weekend baseball-wise, and the NCAA tournament is, it might be on life support. But it's still an option. Oh yeah, yeah, we're still breathing, man. Uh, we we talked last week about how we had to get three games against Missouri this weekend to kind of keep our hopes alive. And I'll I'll be honest, it kind of energized me a little bit after that Sunday game. We was able to get that sweep, and you know the NCAA tournament's right in the grasp. Uh, you know we we talked about Hoover kind of being up in the air, and we kind of put that to bed a little bit as long as we can take care of business this next two weeks. Now, what do you think the next two weeks and the midweek games that Ole Miss has to do for the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament? What do you think that looks like? Yeah, this this coming Wednesday's a big one for us, uh, having to go down to Hattiesburg to play Southern Miss. You know, that's a big RPI boost. That's kind of going to be one of our, our problems getting in right now. You know, RPI's 57 uh, as of today. But, you know, you go down there, their RPI is 16, uh, LSU get that on the road. Their RPI is 17. I believe it is. Now we got a bad one with Arkansas state in the midweek next week. You know, we, we need mother nature to take care of that one, rain that one out for us. There's no reason we need to play that one. I think they're at like 228 or something like that. Uh, and then come home and take and M's 24. So, you know, we, we've got plenty of opportunities coming up to get that RPI, you know, probably in the top forties is kind of what you're looking at. So between, those two series, the Southern Miss game, then you get into Hoover and win you a game or two. You know, it's it's definitely within reach now. Yeah, it, it feels like Ole Miss needs to beat Southern in the midweek. They need to get mm-hmm. two out of three in Baton Rouge, and they need to get two in, out of three against Texas A&M, and that would probably do it, maybe a game or so in Hoover. Yeah, yeah, you're probably talking about still having to go and, you know, you'll throw Dylan Deluce on Tuesday and Hoover, obviously. You know, because the, the last weekend will be that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you'll throw Delucia Thursday against a and That gives him five days of rest leading up to Tuesday uh, for for the first game in Hoover. You know, that's that's a ballpark that's pretty well accustomed to uh, Dylan Delucia and the way he pitches. You know, he's going to throw a ton of strikes. He's, he's going to try to get some fly balls, and you really got to get a hold of one to – to drive it out of Hoover. So that, that sets up pretty well for us. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. We, we definitely need that Southern Miss game, I think, you know, just like I said, for the RPI boost. And then two out of three on the road against LSU, two out of three at home against A&M, and that gets you to that magic num- number of 14 conference wins. And remember, they also take into account the Governor's Cup, so that's really 15 conference wins. And then if you can get to Hoover, win that Tuesday, well, now you're at 16, and now you're really cooking with gas, and there's really no way they wouldn't put us in if we can get to that point, I wouldn't think. Yeah, and people are going to talk all over and over that Ole Miss has won one series at LSU since 1982. Well, the difference is that's the last series that they played down there. So if you look at modern things, they're trying to do it again on the next trip. So it's mm-hmm. not going to sound as hard as this. Jay Johnson is the manager down there now. Um, he was obviously the coach at Arizona, so they're going to hit the ball a ton. 
And I worry that I worry that we're going to throw too many fly balls to those guys, and they're going to deposit it over the fence in Alex's box. Well, one thing that's going to help us this weekend is it doesn't sound like Jacob Berry is going to be able to play all weekend. He, he ended up fracturing his finger in practice last weekend and didn't play the last two games of this past series for LSU. Uh, they, they've got him out indefinitely. And, you know, with a broken finger, I, I, I wouldn't expect him to be able to come back within a week's time and be able to swing it the way he does. And he's obviously the best hitter in the conference probably. You know, he hits for a high average and he just drives balls out of the ballpark every which way. You know, he – push them, pull them, go dead center. It doesn't really matter to him, which we saw that last year in the Super Regionals, too, because he absolutely killed us. Uh, but not to overlook it because he's only one of four guys LSU has that has double-digit home runs. So he's he's not the only one that can drive the ball out of the ballpark. But you always feel better if you don't have to face Jacob Berry anywhere between 12 and 15 times in a weekend. Yeah, and um, let's, let's move on to that game and get ready for what's going on this weekend. Obviously, LSU is a team that hits the ball a ton. They probably mm-hmm. need a little bit more pitching to get where they want to get. They're not quite there mm-hmm. yet, but they hit the ball a ton. Jacob Berry potentially being out is huge, but they still have Dylan Cruz. They still have that first yep. baseman that killed us last year, um, mm-hmm. and they still have that third baseman, I think, that killed us last year. Is that about right? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, they, they – like I said, they, they do hit it a ton. They, they have some pitching issues. They've been trying to kind of – work through throughout the year. I know we've talked about it a couple times on here. We've gone around the SEC. Uh, their bullpen's a little bit in shambles. But, you know, they've done a pretty good job being able to piece it together, kind of like Ole Miss has. You know, we, we had those struggles earlier on in the year. It kind of seems like we finally figured out at least a weekend rotation. People are starting to settle into roles out of the bullpen and all. Uh, LSU's problem is still being able to field the ball, though. You know, they, they've had six errors in their last six SEC games. They had three just this past Sunday. Uh, which it didn't cost them. They were still able to win the game. But those are the kind of opportunities we've got to take advantage of. You know, if you give us extra outs, these guys have got to be able to step up and get the big hits on the road in a hostile environment like that and and try to will us to a win. Okay. I hate to be the weird do guy, but it come, when it comes to timely hitting, I mean, we are absolutely due for LSU and A&M for them to – String together some hits from time to time, right? This is this this has been a weird year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you, and you kind of saw it a little bit this past weekend too. You know, obviously Missouri's not a very good team record-wise; they're the worst in the conference now. Uh, but we didn't strike out as much. We were able to walk. Our approach was much, much better. We weren't selling out for the home run or nothing. Uh, and, and we were able to get timely hits, you know. Uh, we left seven on base on Saturday, I think it was. You know, you never want to see that many guys left on base, but we are still able to get enough runs across the plate, and things not been talked about enough, I don't think, is how good our starting pitching has been since we've gone to the Delusia, uh, Elliott, and Derek Diamond rotation. You know, they, they've all kind of settled in there. I think Diamond doesn't feel as much pressure throwing that third game. Uh, he's able to get through, you know, four or five innings pretty smoothly for us, you know. And, and then you can go to Gaddis, and Gaddis pitched real good on Sunday for us, you know. So, uh, I, I think they're finally starting to settle in. I think Elliott's going to be an absolute stud for us going forward, you know, next year, year after, stuff like that. You know, he's he's such a big-time pitcher. And Delucia, he he really grinded it out this, this past Friday. You know, that's something we hadn't seen from him yet because he's been so dominant since he's put him in the rotation, right? But then he comes out and he's got – what was it, like 70 pitches through two innings or something like that. And he was still able to go out and give us four innings. You know, he still gave up eight hits and 
walk to, but he struck out four and was able to limit the damage and turned over to Jack Doherty. And man, what a good surprise it was for him to come back and actually show us something finally. Yeah, and, and it just seems like when you're ta- dealing with Dylan DeLucia and all that, it, whenever you battle and it's not fatal, there, there's been too much fatal things happen when people don't have their best stuff. It just seems to always come back and bite us in the worst yeah. way. And that's been the story of this baseball season, really. So it's nice to yeah. see a pitcher not have his best stuff, but not it not be a fatal um, not having his stuff because we hit the ball good enough. And the other things that were killing us early in the year, we were able to put it together. Now, my question yeah. is, um, was the series against Missouri a good series or was Missouri a bad team? And I guess we'll find that out this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, both can be true, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but how many times through, throughout the year, I mean, look at Alabama, for example. They're not a great baseball team, but, you know, we didn't play worth a crap against them, obviously. They, they come in and swept us at Swayze, you know. I mean, they're – they're not all that much better than Missouri, I wouldn't think. They're probably playing as bad as anybody not named Missouri in the SEC right now. Uh, so I, it was nice that we had our backs against the wall, and we actually came out and responded this time. You know, we talked about that during the Arkansas series last week, you know, that Saturday and Sunday game when uh, we, we had runners on and able to win the game. We battled back tied into the ninth, and uh, nobody was able to come up with that big hit. But time again – this weekend, we were able to get that big hit. We were able to add on runs, and uh, we were able to get three wins that we very desperately needed to keep our postseason hopes alive. Um, who's going to throw this week against Southern? Is that going to be Washburn? Is he going to be back? Uh, I don't know. You know, he threw two innings on uh, Saturday, which, okay. you know, probably wouldn't be that deal. You know, he could probably still come back. Uh, I definitely think it would be him or McDaniel or maybe even some sort of piggyback uh, situation. I, I would kind of lean McDaniel. I think they would want Washburn in the bullpen ready to go this weekend since we lost uh, Riley Maddox for the year, so we need that extra arm out of the pen for the weekend. Uh, didn't McDaniel pitch against him in Pearl, though? Uh, yes, he did. That's, my, my whole thing is they might want somebody that maybe looks a little bit different. It's not the same thing that you haven't seen before, uh, especially in a game oh, yeah. you have to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely prefer Washburn, but I also don't want to get out there and burn him out in a midweek game when you've got such a big, big series coming up against LSU and you know you're going to need him out of the bullpen at some point this weekend. Yeah, Washburn um, coming in for Elliott is kind of a nice fit, like Gaddis coming in for Diamond. Um, <laughs> and then just power, Delusia, power, um, Doherty, um, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And, and on yeah. Friday, it's just a different look, and it, it, it kind of gives a little bit of variety for a pitching staff that looks pretty robotic from time to time. When they're at their worst, every pitcher looks exactly alike. Yeah, and, and the the Diamond and Gaddis pairing, you've know, you, you seen that for two weeks in a row now, and it, it, it has looked pretty good. So I, I think they're on to something there in, in the game three. Uh, he seems – Pretty set on using Johnson on Friday nights with DeLucia, you know, if it's a close game. Uh, he's done that for, Lord, I think three straight weekends now, you know, and then Saturday's been Doherty's day. And uh, if Doherty can get back going like he was at the beginning of the year, then, you know, that's that's not a real bad pitching setup for a weekend. Yeah, I, I'm pretty impressed with that. Let's go around the league real quick before we get out of here today. Um, what else did you notice? Bad weekend at Mississippi State. Oh, yeah, I know. That's a real shame. I hated that one. It yeah. made for a Monday, you know. Uh, you look up and the national champions are in danger of not making Hoover all of a sudden. You know, who who would have seen that coming into the year? 
but what speaking of which, what about Kentucky going and taking two out of three against Tennessee? Who saw that one coming? Yeah, I only want to know, did Kentucky bat flip? Did they index finger touch home plate? Did they do any of that stuff? I think I saw a video maybe of Tony Vitello like charging out of the dugout. So apparently they celebrated at one point. I don't know. I'm 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 sure they did, you know. Uh that's that's pretty impressive with Kentucky though. You know, we we've, we've talked several times about them maybe being one of the worst teams in the league and uh for for them to come up and get two two wins against Tennessee. Now granted that's not what I wanted to see us going into the weekend battling to get into Hoover and now the last place teams all of a sudden taking games against number one team in the country that apparently nobody could beat up until this weekend. Uh but it ended up working out pretty well for us. We went and got our three, so so I, I can't complain too much. Yeah, that park in Kentucky is fairly easy to get out of. And whenever mm-hmm. you have a pitcher coming up there that's throwing 97, 98 miles an hour, if you hit it solid, it's going to travel far. And I just think that those two yeah. things helped yeah. Kentucky that weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, that's somebody we so, uh our man Kemp Alderman keeps just crushing the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. everything he is, it doesn't even matter if it's an out. It seems like it's 100 and something miles an hour. Yeah, it's it's an unreal really way he gets yeah. the ball. Yeah, he might be the guy. If Ole Miss ultimately makes it to the NCAA tournament, him and Dylan DeLucia, there needs to be mm-hmm. a plaque given to both of them because Ole Miss got into the tournament because of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. And, and mm-hmm. kind of the funny thing is, you know, when we're doing our preseason thing, we were talking about breakout players and stuff like that. And if somebody were to drop down and said, hey, you know, Kemp Alderman's going to be – you know, basically a 300 hitter and everything coming off his bats over 100 miles an hour. I thought, well, good Lord, you know, we're going to score 15 runs a game and, you know, we'd be lucky to lose twice all year. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. And it's got to the point where, like, um, Tim Olko has turned into Pedro Serrano. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kevin Graham, though, is starting to come back into form a little bit after his injury. That's actually a, uh-huh. an underrated piece that nobody's talking about, I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that Sunday he had five for five, and it, it was actually his first two home run game too. I heard DK talking about that on the radio broadcast. I know that's his first career two home run game as a Rebel. Uh, but yeah. yeah, if he starts swinging, and then yeah, you, you better watch out. I'm, I'm telling you, if we can just get into the tournament, nobody's gonna want to see us as a three seed coming into their regional because they know that if Graham's going and Elko and Gonzalez and Alderman and all those guys, we can at least hit our way out of a regional. Yeah, I, I, honest to goodness, I think people need to plan on being a three seed in Hattiesburg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that seems to be the logical spot right now. And, and, and Southern Miss and Ole Miss, after the ultimate regional that they played last year, I imagine they're going to be playing in a regional final this year, honestly. Sure hope so. That, that would make must-see television. Yeah, but first, like I said, we need to beat them in the midweek. We need to get two or three from LSU and two or three out of Texas A&M. And honestly, it's not that difficult of a task to do that. They have the players to do it. You just need to do it. Play clean. Yeah, 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 that's it. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. we've we've all known we've had this talent all year. You know, we've talked all year about, you know, it's just unreal. It's the same offense from last year and, you know, always talk about what Bianco and that staff always does with pitchers. And, you know, I mean, right now we're kind of coming together at the right time, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you, you want to be playing your best baseball at the end of the year, but you don't want to be digging yourself out of a hole at the same time. But, you know, we're we're in okay shape right now. We've definitely got work to do, but it's, it's going to make for an exciting last two weeks of the season. I can't wait. 
All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Tune in tomorrow where we'll continue our scheduled breakdown of the fall football season. Um, Now get all your SEC news in less than 30 minutes from SEC expert Chris Gordy on Locked On SEC. It's free and wherever you get your podcasts. Derek, man, thank you very much. I look forward to this all week, and I'm I'm just glad we could talk a little baseball. And there's a reason to talk baseball again. I enjoy that. Yeah, that's right. And I appreciate it, buddy. All right. Um, That is going to do it for the day. We will catch everybody a little bit later. Tune in.